0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ
0: Moore has a pass to the end zone! Jonathan Taylor! Touchdown! Pass
2: Hello and welcome back to World of His Overtime on World Radio brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland and I'm joined by Sean Siegel, my co-host here on World Overtime, also the co-host of the Stealing Bananas podcast with Ben Gretsch. But Sean, we are going to be joined in just a little moment by one of our favourites in the entire industry, that is Denny Carter. We're going to be talking to him on both today's show and Saturday's show, so we have lots of good Information coming your way uh, in just a few moments. But Danny, one of our favorites, Sean. But looking forward to the the rest of the shows this week. Should be fantastic.
3: Yeah, we're gonna have Danny on twice. We're gonna talk about his new uh, content up at NBC Sports Edge, including a bold prediction at the wide receiver position. I mean, I don't know how bold it is. Someone that we think is a superstar. So to have them as the wide receiver one, maybe not a shock, but anyone coming in ahead of Cooper cup with the season that he had and the continuity that we expect there to be in Los Angeles. be absolutely fantastic to make the argument for someone finishing above him, especially one of our players and Colin, sort of as we start recording this, so we won't cover it in detail, but it sounds like there are some more big wide receiver rumblings taking place right now as well.
2: Yeah me and Sean were joking just before we started recording that each time we set up to record a podcast it seems to be just like moments before there'll be huge news across the NFL. I was joking with Sean as well that the other sports must be furious with uh, how things are playing out with the NFL getting all the news headlines each and every day at this point not not even each and every week they're probably thinking that you know the NFL drafts in a month we should at least be getting some coverage here for our own sports but the NFL has taken over it is 365 days of the year it's a lot of fun then for us to cover those stories but just before we started recording the news has come out that the Chiefs and Tyreek Hill may be in a situation where Hill is looking to seek a trade with the Jets and the Dolphins possibly being uh, candidates to land there so Sean we don't have any more news than that but you are a Kansas City Chiefs fan what's your instant reaction to this we had this just last week when Devonte adams uh, obviously um left the green bay packers not even a week ago actually and we reacted to that a little bit on the, the tuesday podcast so we weren't expecting that the other team that the other podcast hosts supports would uh be possibly losing their wide receiver one within two days
3: well tyree kill is not Devonte adams there is likely more Patrick Mahomes involved in that even than there is with Aaron Rodgers in the Devonte Adams situation. And yet you're not going to be able to go out and find someone who runs a 4-2-40. Right. And the way that that influence the defense, especially with the way defenses want to play Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, it's going to be interesting to see how they solve this. Now, if it, whatever happens puts them in a position to add one of these top wide receivers that receiver with Juju Smith-Schuster, suddenly Smith-Schuster becomes very interesting if if all of this plays out in the way that it appears headed for. You don't have maybe that many situations where the player is clearly I don't know, unhappy, where there's just a contract situation that can't be worked out. And so as a result of that, you, you kind of think that he's probably gone here. I, the optimist in me says the Chiefs will add somebody else and it'll be fun to root for them. Over this next decade, I mean, somebody's going to get the opportunity to play with Patrick Mahomes. That's going to be pretty exciting.
2: Delighted to be joined now on the show by Danny Carter of NBC Sports Edge. There's uh, always fun times when we have Danny on. We don't have many recurring guests on roto OT, but we, we make special allowances for people like Danny. So, Danny, welcome back. We're glad to have you here.
4: I'm, I'm glad I get that special allowance because it's always fun uh, uh, talking uh, fantasy with, with you two great brains in the industry. I I, I always enjoy it.
2: And uh, we're going to start off with some fun topics today. We're going to talk wide receiver. And um, I asked you, was there anything you wanted to talk about on the show? You said you wanted to talk about who the number one wide receiver in fantasy is. And uh, you also told me that it is one <laughs> Justin Jefferson. So why uh, is, it, uh, is he is he the clear cut for you? Why is he the wide receiver one in fantasy in 2022?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote a piece for NBC Sports Edge a couple of weeks ago, kind of reviewing 2021 uh, among receivers, and while it was a disappointing year for many top-flight receivers, um, you know, Justin Jefferson once again shined in an offense and a system that really wasn't designed to accentuate uh, you know his skill set and, and his ability to dominate. Like Despite all that, despite having a, a team that was satisfied running the ball on second and long and, and third and five and never re- really being super aggressive unless they were trailing uh, late in the game, Jefferson still dominated his uh, his whopper, which you know I, I always look at on RotoViz. It was was off the charts. He dominated air yards on his team, unlike any other receiver in the league. Um, and I, I think all signs point to you know the new coaching staff in Minnesota uh, finally being ready and willing to use him to his full potential. And I think his full potential makes him like a, like a clear and obvious you know wide receiver one, the wide receiver one in fantasy.
3: And Denny, we had a draft that we did for OT recently in Best Ball, where we took Cooper Cup at the 102 with Jonathan Taylor still available. If Justin Jefferson is the number one wide receiver, how early should we be looking at him in drafts? I mean, can you take him with the number one pick?
4: I'm I'm working myself up to that point, Sean. Actually, I I, I feel I feel like I I need a, a little more time to get there to like justify it completely. But I'm working on it. You know, my interns in the back—I don't know if you see them—they're working on it very hard, and and uh, we're we're gonna get. I think we're gonna get to that point. I really, I I really do feel confident that he should be among the top three picks in any in any uh, redraft league this year.
2: Yeah, and it's always when you get to this stage early in the season, if you can like feel that you know it's a top five pick at this point by july or august you can definitely talk yourself into the 101 yeah, right, uh, and, right. and, and we're definitely going to move in that direction sean mentioned cooper cup um, obviously you mentioned as well the situation me and sean had justin jefferson on a lot of rosters last year we were well aware of the fact that he was not used optimally in a lot of situations um, and obviously Kirk cousins being the quarterback and some of the play call uh, is there a factor into it that it's the play calling scenario that he's in or, or how to build that confidence in justin jefferson
4: yeah, uh you know from what I've read and uh Arif Hassan, uh, the great uh, Vikings beat writer for the Athletic, um has written a lot about uh Kevin O'Connell's offensive uh scheme and and his ideas and his goals for the offense. Um you know what he might take from his time with with McVay to Minnesota and I think all of those things point to a, a system that that should be able to use Jefferson not not just as a, uh, a deep ball jump ball threat, which he's great at, you know, and, and we, we all know that anybody who's, who's seen him play, uh, I'm not a film watcher, but you gotta admit he's a dominant downfield receiver, but he also could conceivably. And I think is very likely to get those more intermediate looks and, and more of those easy fantasy points. You know, it's, it's, uh, it reminds me a little bit of like Stefan Diggs in his big 2020 season, got a lot of easy fantasy points on intermediate targets. His his uh, a profile or his receiving profile changed pretty drastically in 2021, where he had, you know, more volatile targets. Um, it, it led to some big games, but it also led to a lot of very mediocre games, games that left you wondering, why did I take this guy in the first round or at the, in the, at the beginning of the second round? Um, and but I think that Jefferson could finally get those those easy points to go along with the, the not so easy, bigger points down the field.
2: And then we're looking at um, players who might be in a situation to be in that tier. You mentioned him being there. We mentioned Cup. Is there much of a gap between him and Cup, and and who might be in that kind of top three of a tier for you at the, the position?
4: Right. Yeah. Uh, I I guess I will eventually have to make enemies of Cooper Cup uh, advocates on Twitter because that's how it works. Um, but uh, but I, I really don't. I I have no issue, obviously, with with taking Cooper Cup first overall or second or third, whatever. Um, you know, he, uh, he is both an extension of the Rams running game, uh, and their best downfield pass catcher. And you don't, you don't really get that too often. Okay. Uh, I guess you get that with Tyree kill who may be on the move. We don't know. Uh, but but that, that's what you get with, with Cooper cup. So, yeah, I mean, I think cup and Jefferson are very close. I I don't, I don't think, you know, Devontae Adams in, in Vegas. I, I don't think that he's, he's in that, that bracket of receivers now.
3: And when you're talking about Jefferson as the 101 or as the wide receiver one, the upside there has to be pretty significant. And we see how many receivers have been scoring in that 20, 21 point per game range. And then cup, obviously last year with the monster season, really competitive with almost all sort of outside of Christian McCaffrey top running back seasons in, in terms of upside. Are you seeing Jefferson at that level where he'd go 23, 24 points per game?
4: I, I think you know, with uh, with a commitment to a, a more pass heavy, more aggressive approach, which I, I I guess that's what I'm banking on here with the new Vikings regime, a more uh, analytics based approach. Say uh, after the Mike Zimmer era, where Mike Zimmer you know very casually dismissed any kind of analytical approach as uh, as as a non starter, which is very frustrating for a lot of fantasy folks. So I think that I think that we are entering a new era of Vikings football. Um, and and Jeffers, all of Jefferson's peripheral numbers from uh, from last season really jump out. I I, I, I um, included those obviously in my piece on NBC Sports Edge. If folks would like to check those out, uh, but and and I used a lot of Roto-Viz, uh statistical measurements for uh, you know for, for for how how dominant he was on his opportunities mm-hmm. last year. I think if if that can translate to a more aggressive slightly more pass happy offense, he, you know, sky's the limit.
1: Hey, this is Dave Cabin from the RotoViz flagship podcast. I wanted to let you know that the podcast you are listening to right now is sponsored by BetterHelp. And I can speak from personal experience and tell you that if you or someone you love is struggling with depression, they're dealing with anxiety, talking to somebody about it can make a huge difference. And that's what BetterHelp does. Within 48 hours of signing on with BetterHelp, they'll match you with a professional therapist. These therapists have a broad range of expertise that might not be available where you live. This is a worldwide service that's easy to use, allows you to get matched with a therapist that you can communicate with, you can send messages, get thoughtful responses, you can even schedule weekly video or phone sessions. You can talk through anything that you need and BetterHelp is committed to facilitating therapeutic matches that can give you all of the benefits of traditional offline therapy. They want you to start living a happier life today and I believe that talk therapy is one of the ways that you can do that. Visit their website, www.betterhelp.com forward slash reviews to hear and read some of their testimonials. Again, you're going to want to visit BetterHelp, Better H E L P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And we have a special offer for RotoViz listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash RotoViz. Can't recommend how important and how helpful talk
0: therapy can be. So please check it out.
2: We look then at running back, Denny. Uh, you know, we're looking at the top of the boards and we're looking at now Justin Jefferson as the one oh one, we have Cooper Cup as the one oh two. We're still waiting to see what happens then with CMC and uh Jonathan Taylor and so on. But what are you looking at with these running backs? You know, the likes of Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Javante Williams is the one who's probably moved the most in terms of rounds over the last 12 months. Um, and then of course we have Christian McCaffrey. How are you playing that and then as we mentioned earlier, are you factoring in that we should be going wide receiver over these guys, or are you uh, still taking some of these running backs early?
4: Yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's tough. To, I will say it's tough to answer in March. I I I'll say that Najee Harris, I guess, is by default in that group because of just the massive, ungodly volume that he'll get in the Pittsburgh offense. I mean, Najee Harris led the league and expected. Uh, receiving points respected. I'm sorry, expected fantasy receiving points last season over Austin Eckler, just because he was out there all the time and he ran all the routes and he got a ton of targets in a Pittsburgh offense that really couldn't do much with, with uh Roethlisberger under center. Um, I think it it could be kind of bad news for him. If Trubisky or whoever starts for the Steelers in, in week one brings, uh, you know, some more options uh, to, to the way that they conduct the offense and it's not just a bunch of dump offs to Harris, but um, I, I would not put Harris in there. Um, I think Taylor is the clear number one. Um, I don't know. I honestly, I I'd, I'd, I'd be fine not going with Derrick Henry as the second running back off the board, which is where his ADP is at the moment. Uh, I I would feel way better about taking say Javante Williams. He right now he's going at the, at the turn. I'd be, I'd feel way better about taking him there than about than taking Derrick Henry four or five picks earlier. Then we just saw
3: Taylor go for the 101, the 111, and Amon Ra in a Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty League. Uh, we've got our new dynasty rankings with tiers, and the tiers represent future trade value. And obviously, these top guys in terms of Jonathan Taylor, three first round picks, probably right. Then you move to Christian McCaffrey and Javante Williams. You mentioned liking Williams. Blair and I are trying to move Williams just to sort of basically keep trading for fun and and kind of have him as two firsts and a second, you know, maybe a first in 2022, a first in 2023, some second round pick thrown in there. Is that kind of what you would be looking at in terms of these guys? And Williams seems like the number three back in dynasty for sure. Is that, is that the way that you see it or are some other people also involved here?
4: Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds right to me. You look at uh, some of his peripheral numbers, uh, Javante Williams numbers from last year, he was, fifth in pro football focuses, elusive rating. Um, he was tied for 10th in runs of more than 15 yards. Uh, by the way, Melvin Gordon was 29th in that category. Um, you know, and and um, in the one game that we saw with Javante Williams getting the full workload uh, with Melvin Gordon out, he exploded. You know, he went from averaging, you know, he averaged 11.3 rushing attempts per game with Gordon in the lineup. He had 29 in Gordon's lone missed game and he went berserk and he got all the, the targets. I think Russell Wilson, obviously being under center is, is, is a monster factor uh for um you know, for, for Javante. Um He strikes me as um you know, and he definitely has the RB one in his range of outcomes uh, this year. That's what we like to hear <laughs> Williams, but then let's go a little bit rapid
3: fire. I mean, how rapid fire it, it, it doesn't matter too much, but I've got, Three questions for you where we want to, I mean, you mentioned making online enemies of Super <laughs> yeah. Cup fans. Let's, let's create a whole group of people who are after you here. So uh, we'll start with the favorite pick to crush ADP in rounds three through six.
4: Yes. um, man, I mean, that was hard uh, choosing because there are so many players who strike me as guys who could really outperform, uh, you know, where they're being drafted. I'll, I'll start in the fourth round. And, um, you know, I I don't love doing this, but I'll say Saquon Barkley. He's going in at, at the middle of the fourth round. What? <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, it, he, he was the victim of some pretty poor luck last year. He, he came back from his injury um, uh, playing the Cowboys around midseason. He steps on a teammate's ankle and he's never the same, you know, and, and then Daniel Jones goes down and their offensive linemen go down and it just it just collapsed on itself in New York. And I, I I don't really blame that on Saquon Barkley. So if if Barkley is, you know, get gets the every every down roll in New York in a in a much improved, probably much improved Day Bowl led offense, um, I see him just destroying that that fourth round ADP. How about you guys? So you see Barkley in
3: the singletary final month role as opposed to Barkley in the you know last year and a half before that role.
4: That's, I guess, that's the hope. I guess that would be the hope if you if you think that he's going to outperform that fourth round ADP. Yeah, it feels
2: like he's either in the ready to bounce back category, but it also feels like he could be in the final year of a running backs fantasy value category, where like you know the dead zone. He could truly be a dead zone running back, but he could also have that league one and upside. So I feel like he's right in there, and I think what Sean was alluding to is we kind of have. 18 months where there's been, you know, two injuries in there, and he has had a bad offense and a lot of bad luck, like you mentioned. Is that something that he's going to overcome with New York this year? But he does feel like in that fourth round range, a very tempting running back to pick up. So I guess I'll throw this back to Sean. Sean, do you feel like it is? Is he a true dead zone running back, or is he somebody with massive upside in the the fourth round?
3: Well, if you're going to draft a running back in the first eight rounds he needs to be somebody who could put up 22 points a game and there are only a handful of guys and that's one of the reasons why i took david johnson a little bit longer than ended up working i mean you could say smart not smart but didn't work after he tried to come back from his very first season but i am still very much on board with barkley so hopefully Hopefully Denny's right, because if he's right, then we're going to be in very good shape.
4: And I will say that uh, there's zero chance that we're going to be talking about Saquon Barkley going the fourth round when, you know, more well-adjusted people are drafting fantasy football teams, you know, (laughs) not, not us, you know, we're obviously we're, we're not well-adjusted, but, but, you know, (laughs) uh, casual folks are going to come in and they're going to be like, yeah, Saquon Barkley. I took him in the first round last year. I can get him in the second round now. Okay. I'll do that. Now that to me, that's, that's too rich. But if it, if it stays depressed, if the ADP stays depressed, uh, I would be very hard pressed to, to skip over him.
3: Well, Denny, then who is going to be the double digit round sleeper? And again, I mean, you have more choices now than you'll have several months from now as people realize who, who really is rising. But, but what's the big name out there right now that you're getting in every league? Yeah. uh, Robbie Gould. No, I'm kidding. Um,
4: I, <laughs> I had to. We had used to your
3: kickers, in. and it was ex- successful for us. So oh. you, you don't have to joke. We we like the kicker stuff.
4: That man, I'm so happy to hear that. Um, yeah, yeah. So I had to I had to throw in it just contractually. I had to say Robbie Gould, um, who by the way, you know, people say, oh, Robbie Gould's so old. He's so old. Yeah, let's take it easy, okay? Robbie Gould's like four months older than me. So you know, please, please, pump the brakes on the Robbie Gould is old thing. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Kadarius yeah. Tony. Uh, going in the 11th round, uh, I guess I, you know what? Here's the thing. I guess I'm all in on the Giants offense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, I, I've, you know, been very excited about Tony since he, uh, you know, came in into that, that slot role. Um, He seems to have a knack for commanding targets, which we like in fantasy Um, that, that stretches back to, to Florida when, you know, he was very, he was a very raw receiver. Um, but he was one who um, borderline dominated targets for the Gators on a team that included Kyle Pitts, of course. Uh, So, you know, that, that stretched into the NFL where he was just absolutely dominant with targets when the, when the Giants receivers struggled with injuries, Uh, they could never really get him involved in the same way. Once everybody was back, that was a little frustrating. And I get that. And that's probably why he's going in the 11th round now, instead of the, you know 8th or 7th or something um but man i i would be uh extremely excited to take tony in the 11th round
3: i think that Column and i took him 7th or 8th in our most recent draft so we would definitely agree okay here's the the chance to make enemies who is the biggest avoid player in drafts in any adp
4: Hmm. yeah uh probably uh probably see Pat. And I, and, and I, I take that, uh, I take no pleasure in saying that, honestly, uh, I, I'm a long time quarter Patterson truther and I, 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 enjoy him. I enjoy watching him as a player. He seems like a really fun, real guy. Uh, so not saying anything about him personally, but, uh, he's going in the eighth round, according to the ADP I'm looking at, is that where around where you guys are seeing him? Yeah. So, so d- d- two things jump out. One is, uh, Patterson at the end of 2021 or near the end of 2021, he told reporters straight up a couple of times, uh, this running back thing is, is different. Like I'm, I'm getting my butt kicked out there and it hurts and I'm not used to it. And then Arthur Smith came out shortly after and he said, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to manage Patterson's workload. He's not a running back. You know, we, we can't, we can't run him out there. We can't give him 16 carries a game. Um, you know, like, like maybe we would want to because he's just, he's not built like that. So, I don't think that he's going to have all that rushing appeal that he had last year. Um, Now, if, if the Falcons can figure out a way to creatively use a weapon like Patterson as a pass catcher, I I will be wrong here. Um, But I don't have much faith in this offense being all that successful uh, this year with Marcus Mariota under center.
2: Yeah. I think the quarterback change is something that's going to affect that quite a bit. And, you know last year obviously he was going undrafted pretty much up onto the week or two before the season so a massive value there but i think we're going to end up having a lot of that baked in two drafts this right. year he, he does feel like somebody unfortunately who's in the, the dead zone and you mentioned saying that it's tough on him playing running back seems like he wants to play safety as well or you know yeah. cornerback so we'll see what happens there but uh just before we finish up denny is there anything you, you mentioned the recent article you had is there any other stuff you want to let the listeners know that they should be checking out
4: yeah, uh, I'm, I'm writing a, a free agency winners and losers piece that'll be up on NBC Sports Edge uh, hopefully today, which is Wednesday, um, kind of going through the, uh, you know, through the repercussions of, of, of each signing. Um, I've I've had some fun and I'll give you a, a, a preview. Uh, it's David and Joku season.
2: Once again, thanks to Denny for joining the show. As I mentioned at the start of the show, he will be back for the Saturday show as well. And uh, looking forward to bringing you that one. Lots of good conversation we've already recorded the interview section of that so looking forward to bringing you that um, on Saturday as we look through kind of the free agents that may have flown under the radar and we do talk quite a bit about how the the Buffalo Bills landscape may shake out and that with Devin Singletary being a key topic of it also but we are going to get to that on Saturday but Sean great show always fantastic having Denny on if you're not already following him on Twitter make sure you check it out it's at cdcarter13 you can check out all his work up at nbc sports edge but as i mentioned at the start of the show denny always one of our favorite guys and uh, it's a pleasure always to have him on the show
3: denny fantastic as always and it'll be our mission between now and august to get him to justin jefferson as the overall number one player in 2022 drafts great show really appreciate him coming on and we can't wait for the saturday episode
2: Yeah so we'll get straight into it. As I mentioned um, already on the show a couple times I have been plugging the uh, Rotovis YouTube channel. We are posting some of these clips up there after the fact but uh, lots of different bits and pieces. We'll be doing some live drafts, some live streams and things like that over there over the coming weeks and months but we are up to 475 subscribers over there looking to hit that 500 landmark over the next week or so. So if you are listening and you're Not sure if you're going to click that button. Do us a favor and click it. Uh, We would really appreciate it. The link will be in the show notes of today's podcast. But um, head on over, click that link, and we'll see you over there as well. Thanks for all the continued support on the podcast side of things. We do greatly appreciate that. And as I mentioned, we will be back on Saturday with another show. As always, you can get yourself a 10% listeners-only discount using the code RVRADIO2022 at checkout over at rotoviz.com. You can check out rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at over Martin. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Of course, check out all of Sean's work up on rotoviz.com. And Until we're back on Saturday, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rodavis Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotevizradio at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Road Radio homepage, roteviz.com forward slash podcast.